0: You've reached Intricity One Hundred and One. Yeah, we were just commenting on Rich's cat that's in a that's in a hammock. I, I think that's quite a bit of fun. Uh, good, uh, good having you here with us, Rhonda. We're super excited for uh, Data Sharks today and um, to have you here with us. Um, for everybody that um, um, that's. That didn't see the invites and whatnot or the uh, the announcements. So we're, we're going to have uh, Rhonda Fisher, Fisher here with us. Uh, she is the director of data and analytics at Bell Textron. Now, probably most people know what Bell did, does, Rhonda, but if you could maybe talk a little bit about what Bell you know, what, what kind of company Bell is, I think that would be a good start. And then uh, and then let's then uh, then let's talk data.
1: Great, thanks for having me. Um, Bell, most people know Bell uh, because we um, are um, one of the main and primary, certainly, um, helicopter provider in the industry. But Mm. there are so many other things that we do. We really define ourselves um, as the future of vertical lift. Um, There's so many great uh, vertical lift experiences that we um, are working on, have worked on, successfully delivered. Um, it is just a great time to be part um, of the aerospace industry and a and a great time to to be part of Bell. So uh, Bell is really redefining flight with some of the the work that we're doing and as well as the work, um, that they've given me to do, um, in the data and analytics space. So because of that, we are very, uh, forward looking, really grabbing, um, at all of the, uh, technology, uh, possible to, to just be that technology company redefining flight. So, um, super happy to be a part of Bell and be a part of this.
0: Yeah. I mean, Bell's Bell's amazing. When, um, when we were at the beach, uh, in November with my kids, we were near Fort Walton, uh, in Florida. And one of those Osprey, uh, um, you know, it's, what is it a helicopter, a plane? I don't know what it is. It <laughs> it's flew, a yeah. It flew across. And I was like, guys, look at that. You see that? <laughs> that is a really cool airplane. Um, so anyway, that it's, um, Bell's Bell's a lot of uh, a lot of fun as a company. Really cool, cool. Uh, a lot of firsts,
1: a lot of firsts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we no were kidding. part of the we were part of the moon landing. We were oh, part wow. of Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier. <laughs> part of the jetpacks. We were part of. I mean, we have been a part of iconic firsts for you know all, going on ninety years now. It's oh um, wow, be amazing. Yeah, so it's
0: it's a huge honor air to have taxis you on. are coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I want to. I want to ride in an air taxi. Um. So, so, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on is, is to, um, have you talk about, um, one of our favorite topics, which is, is data architecture. And if you could just like throw out a clean slate, no baggage, you don't have to deal with, you know, past stuff. And, but if you could, if you could just, you know, what, what would data architecture look like for you if you were to do that? And, um, and when it comes to building this sort of governed pipeline of data, what, what, you know, what would your, what would you, uh, what, what would your vision be?
1: Yeah. So if you put a list together of, you know, must haves, must have this, must have that, Mm -hmm. um, it's really got to have data by birthright. And I mean that as you have a badge as an employee and you walk in the door, you have access, open access, Mm -hmm. um, to data, not the clothes veiled, hold your cards closed. Mother, may I um, Mm -hmm. have this piece of data? May I have this piece of data? Because that open access, that kind of um, I guess you could even call it open architecture, um, allows that creativity and that innovation to find real answers and drive the business forward. So I would Mm -hmm. say that's probably a big must have. Uh, It must um, be some sort of Self healing means it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a person be in the loop all the time. It's got to be uh, where the system and the data lake itself is kind of smart enough um, to understand uh, what's being dumped into it and how mm-hmm. that's uh, getting replicated, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be up to date. It's got to be timely. It's got to be bought into, right? From yeah. an adoption and a change management perspective, people have to be able to buy into it so that we don't have other ponding um, of data or people going off and trying to make their own solution, right? So it's Mm got to be certifiable almost that people say, if you're not using the data that's in this data lake or this data environment, um, then we don't want to hear about it because that's the piece that that's what we want. Um,
2: I would also... Go ahead. I'll go ahead.
0: I was going to say that that mother may I, th- I've never heard it that, put that <laughs> way. I like it though. And I'm curious, what are some of the behaviors that happen when that is the case? Like when it becomes like this sort of isolated um, you know, it's, it, scenario where they can't get access to any data, like what happens to the users?
1: So I actually had somebody, yesterday that said we've heard all these great things about your data environment and mm-hmm. we want in but i don't understand and so yeah. uh, i'm a, a storyteller <laughs> i uh-huh. uh, talk in talk in visualizations because i think yeah. that's the best way people understand and i told them that most people when they're talking about data and data access data governance etc they put up a wall And then they poke Mm -hmm. a thousand little pinpricks in it to give you this piece of access and this piece of access. And so (laughs) you see this black fabric with a thousand little pinpricks in it for you to be able to get the data. And what we're trying to do is build an environment that's this open field of data. And every once in a while, you've got this low little box over here that's kind Mm -hmm. of. Um, You can't see what's in the box, but it yeah. doesn't stop you from running and seeing and have vision and be able Changing, to have access. And yeah. that's how I explained the difference. And like I said, picture's worth a thousand words.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: totally.
3: The, the alternative, Jared, is you get data hoarding. You've got people who have spreadsheets and spreadsheets yeah, that's and true. spreadsheets. That's and they're the ones, you know, when spreadsheets start to inherit people's names, you know you've got a a, a data democratization uh, or lack thereof
0: or <laughs> tribalism like you see tribalism happen a lot where people are just like you know i'm in my tribe you're in your tribe you won't share with me i won't share with you <laughs> we're not going to have any discussion you know um, so we, and a lot
1: we of have, times that, please go ahead arkady
3: a lot of times that that's where the problems begin because when you are when you have a, an organizational structure where that was the norm. So they were uh, that particular individual with that group was known as the supplier of that data. Mm -hmm. And when you try to create a cohesive enterprise architecture, it becomes difficult because they feel that you're taking things away from them. And so, Mm, you know, getting that prepared and getting people uh, corralled together is a a critical success factor.
0: Yeah. What were you going to say, Rhonda?
1: Uh, just on the tribalism note, one of the mm-hmm. ways that we've been able to try and help um, and try and deal with that is certainly, you know, talk about the benefits of what they get by being part of this data community. Mm-hmm. But larger than that, we've given them their own um, sandbox, right? So they've yeah, got yeah. their place for their little tribe, and there are things that they can go do with that. But yeah, anytime yeah. you want to share outside of that, Mm -hmm. It has to be promoted to the larger enterprise solution. So if you want a sandbox to work in, we're happy to give you that sandbox to work in. But when you want to start bringing, when you want to start being a supplier of data, you do it in the larger environment through a series of promotions and getting things out there um, in production. And that has worked really well because Mm -hmm. people felt like we might be trying to, keep them in a box. It has to be an all or nothing. And then Mm -hmm. that way it gives us kind of a, a a gradient level Mm -hmm. of data maturity. They, they want to try it. They want some advantages of what's going on in the data environment, but they don't really know what that looks like yet. And so we kind of let them try before they buy. And then they Mm -hmm. say, yes, we want to go do that. And then it's like, well, you have to get it promoted through the proper cycles. Mm -hmm. And that has been working really well.
0: And I had an interesting conversation with, um, with a gentleman about um, um and, and he was kind of outside of our space like he was outside of the bi space integration space all of that and he's like he's like almost questioning my industry like why why do you even have to do this like what what's this turn data into information. data is information and i'm like no it's not it's it's not that and um when you're talking about a, an enterprise it's not just what is information to you; it's what's information to a body of people, and and being able to curate that information to a body of people in a way that's meaningful. And um, I think a lot of a lot of folks look at uh, you know analytics as sort of like this fun thing that you can twist widgets and knobs for, but but really um, this is where that sort of uh, you know. A, an, an organization that needs to take something to the rest of, or a group that needs to take something, to the rest of the organization, they need to start thinking um, much broader than just their little team. You know, there's a lot more governance that goes goes along yeah, it's with.
1: Not that. End point. It's not an endpoint. Right. It's not an endpoint. It is truly the the stepping stones. And so, yes. if you treat data and pieces of data, including logic and other things, as stepping stones to larger answers,
2: mm-hmm. then
1: people start to get the, um, you know, kind of get with the program, understand, um, mm-hmm. that, Oh, this isn't the end. Just what I want. Isn't the end. It's yep. just the first answer. It's not <laughs> yep. the last answer. And that, that's been helpful.
0: So how, like, cause getting people to get there, right. Um, and, and move into the sort of more governed approach of doing things. There's a lot of pushback that happens along that route. Like whether, you know, you're going to get pushback from from users in one form or another. Like, what are some of the ways? What are some tactic tactics that people can use to handle that pushback? You know, to to you know push uh, push past that moment.
1: <clears throat> so you know, we've been really successful uh, in our development and rollout uh, of the data environment to make people part of the solution. And I know it sounds trite. And I know that you Mm -hmm. say, well, you can use that, you know, in in every solution in every industry about everything, but giving them some accountability, giving them a piece of it, they're, they're now a part owner of what's Mm -hmm. happening has really helped us and, and made a difference because um, we make them famous because then they're part like of the that. solution, right? And so giving everybody their 15 minutes of fame, um, mm-hmm. has really been good for us.
0: Yeah. We've experienced this in, um, our will recognize the, uh, the, the, the company when I talk about this, but we, um, we were at a company, this is, this is years ago where, um, accounting, I think it was accounting or finance had built like some very in-depth analytics and the data warehousing team. um, And it was was information that was so needed by the organization. And it was accounting that had put it together, but the data warehouse team that the team over here in IT hadn't put it together. And so they kept pointing to this, these analytics that had been created as, well, this is wrong. You shouldn't follow this, shouldn't use this. And I remember Arcady in a meeting with with them saying, you know, like the company is using this, you know, like, and it's useful. Um, you know, how, you know, how, how are you going to get these people to participate in this, this world if you can't recognize the good that they've done, you know? And uh, I think it was a moment for them. They kind of sat back and were like, yeah, I mean, I guess they spent some time working on it and, you know, <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> spent kind a lot of, of like, time on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that a lot, you know, make these people heroes. Um, you know, is, is there, is there good ways to do that in terms of you, do you like put their name on the analytic or something? And you know, is it, is it, is there a good way to do that, 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 you know, or do you, or is it just mentioning that, you know, this is this person's work?
1: Um, we've allowed a lot of, uh, meeting sorry, I'm about to, <clears throat> excuse me. No worries. <clears throat> Every time we have to have a big conversation mm-hmm. from executive leadership, either by our business unit or our parent company, mm-hmm. we drag along a success story from the business and that's they present. Awesome. And that that's has awesome. really helped.
3: Yeah, that's huge. I think one of the key things also to touch on is when you start a program, um, and really information management is unlike any other project that an organization embarks on when you're doing an erp deployment it has a start it has an end uh and and you're done and then your maintenance mode you're you're doing upgrades you're doing patches and those kinds of things questions and how do you run a business how do you manage information uh, that's a day-to-day operation and so A lot of times we've described information management and the practices around it as a journey rather than a destination. Mm -hmm. And so getting that mindset around sort of what does that look like? And, and the fact that it's not something that you start and finish because the organization continues to change and morph. And so Mm -hmm. you may want to look at things in a, in a bit of a different way, or maybe include some new sources, systems will change people, new people will come into the organization and have other questions that they will want to ask. And so, Rhonda, if you could talk a little bit about the roadshows and how those are important in terms of bringing people together, virtually now through you know, sessions like this and Zoom, uh, but in physical when people can, can do a walkthrough and, and, and actually see things.
1: Yes. Um, so yeah, that has been uh one of the main tricks in our bag <laughs> um that we use is just uh be out there, be ever present, and continually evangelize uh the benefits of what's happening. And so we do that on varying levels. We'll have technical road shows that we invite a completely different uh audience to than we do with um business roadshows than we do with even benefits roadshows or even if we've got to maybe get a couple of extra stakeholders right that's a that's a little bit of a different message and so having multiple um messages and uh adaptations of the vision um and being out there and being ever ready and keeping the con the conversation um fresh All the time has really helped us continually drive adoption.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that for just a second on the adoption side. Like, um, you know, we get this question a lot from folks, which is, "Okay, I've built, I'm, I'm building this solution. There's a lot of a lot of effort being put in place to to do this." Um, and 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 the only reason this question comes up is because there are other organizations that fail at this badly, which is user adoption. You know, like you finish the solution and, and now you need to, you know, or not finish the solution, but you're starting that solution and you need to start corralling people in to start using it. So what are some good ideas in terms of, and I think we've heard some, um, but I want to flesh that out a little bit more. Like, are there any other things that are really key to driving the actual, you know, people getting on their keyboards, logging in and and engaging there?
1: You know, so I'm a mathematician by heart. (laughs) I'm a, I am a, I'm a nerd and I'm not even a closet nerd. I'm a nerd. (laughs) Um, and I, I love it. Um, but I think by being able to talk to people and that adoption is just out there that just mm-hmm. being excited about it and talking about oh and it can do this for you and it can do mm-hmm, this for mm-hmm. you and have you seen this you know it's like people getting a new car and they want to you know drag you over <laughs> look what it does here and look at this gadget and and so I think that um by making them part of the conversation, number one, and getting them excited, right. And mm-hmm. getting them infected, right. With this, yeah, yeah, this passion, yep. uh, helps them. They, they are now an evangelist for the, the same piece. And if this mm-hmm. was a brick and mortar, right. Uh, kind of yeah. thing, you'd be selling bricks with people's names on it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm, yep, but yep. That, that, that's, that's what this is, is, is they've got a piece, you know, as we, as we build this house, um, everybody's got a brick. Everybody's yeah, got, yeah. you know, this is my it. side, this is my room, this is my this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. I mean, I just, I, I love the fact that, that there's, that there's other people uh, with their names to the solution. And it's such a huge piece of, of, and, and, and believe it or not, Rhonda, we we've, we try to like talk about this in other organizations. Like you really, but it, um, you really have to have an evangelist to push that agenda constantly. Like this is yeah. not my solution. This is so-and-so solution and so-and-so. And it has to be a coach that's there consistently. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a huge deal.
3: So it's yeah. Jared, it's about culture. It's about yeah. lots of things that sort of go into it. And I think one of the challenges and we've, we've talked about this a lot. We work in a, in typically in very mature, Mature organizations, um, but I love the idea of if we were a startup, what would we do differently? How would we behave differently? What things yeah, would yeah. we do that Cleanse we, as light. a mature company today, are maybe hindered from from doing?
2: Mm-hmm. And,
3: and data, again, it's one of the unique things that that unites the organization. Uh, when Ronda hosted the the roadshow, one of the big things that happened. Is that people who had I preconceived notions about what it is that it we're doing could ask questions in a non—you know—you're not sitting in around a round room in a boardroom yeah, yeah. where you are uncomfortable asking the questions. Here, you had you could talk about data governance and you could talk about data modeling and you could talk about project onboarding, and so those things became really, really important. And then the other side of it is when those folks get excited, exactly as Rhonda said, it is contagious because they yeah. will spread the message even, even further. Uh, we, we want this sort of uh, contagion to go on. Not, not the world that we're living in today in terms of contagion. <laughs> yeah, not that uh, one. So much, yeah, not that so one. is a much better contagion.
0: I'm done one. with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so another question that I had for you, um, Rhonda, is, is, and this is, um, you know, Uh, it's it's an age-old question here but you know how do you govern the data while allowing the autonomy right because there's a certain amount of control you got to have on this data um but you want to allow for some of that autonomy um you know how how do you facilitate that
1: so i think in the early days uh the team um and the, the team is a big part of our success, the, mm-hmm. the kinds of people and the culture and the, the way that we went about solving problems um, was very key to the success of this, but early on, we separated compliance from governance. Because so many people want to smash it together and make it the same thing. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, you've got to the water's got to seek seek its lowest level and it will always get to a compliance standpoint. And then you're back in a control structure again. And -hmm. that was not what we wanted. We wanted an enabling structure, right? Yeah. A freeing structure, which means we couldn't base it on compliance. So we use the technology to build in (laughs) some of that compliance so that people don't even see it and don't have to worry about it. And then what we get to do is the people part, Mm -hmm. which is the governance part. It's like, how do we want to use this data? Um, How many people, right, should have access uh, to this data? What are Mm -hmm. the ways that we can free this data up and and make it available to everyone mm-hmm. and let's just pull you know hide under the box that's out there in that open field mm-hmm. just the three or four fields that are important to keep proprietary yeah, and so yeah. by separating those two things um it's been a much better conversation for people to come on board and to have more adoption for
0: them. yeah yeah no, i love that i mean just in fact it's even Stating it that way, separate the compliance from the, you know, from the actual conversation so that you're really focused on enabling it. Find ways that you can have the compliance be its own entity or its own, its own concept programmatically even. Um, I love that.
3: Jared, the other thing that I think was brilliant is that when you're in a highly regulated industry and, and. Bell certainly has you know data that has to be protected and secured. You know the things that will worry people, and you start there. You start security conversation before you have any infrastructure in place. You start planning for these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, And I I think the 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 pride of the project certainly is you know the awards that the team received for getting security built in the way that it was built. It's elegant. It's simple, but at yeah, the same yeah. time, it provides for uh, a highly regulated industry or data that needs to be uh, protected. You know, if you, Jared, are in, in in Austin, you could see the data. But if you travel to the Canadian office, you can't see the data. So there's some rules in place. And so planning for that up front becomes critically important so that you know, the ob- you handle the objections before they come.
0: Mm-hmm. So one, one question yeah. I have about your, um, you know, because it sounds like you're constantly sort of corralling new parties into the, uh, you know, into the fold of, of a governed data environment, you know, but, and as you corral new parties, you're going to have new discoveries that everybody can kind of work with. And so what I'm wondering is like, and and Arcadia and I have had these discussions like, especially like with um, in some of our projects where we have data science teams and we're trying to corral the data science discoveries back into the warehouse or back into something that larger parties can use. You know, what are what are some strategies you've used to sort of you know, get new data or get new discoveries sort of you know back into the ecosystem? So that people are larger audiences are using it.
1: No, no, no. That's a great question. And so, obviously, if we could do it any way we wanted to do it, and money or time, right, or yeah. or um, uh, endorsement was um, you know all on our side, mm-hmm. we would want um, everything built out, we would want all the data landed. We would want all the dimensions, um, you know, kind of accounted for, mm-hmm. we would want a good, uh, representation of all the fact tables and everything as curated as possible, living mm-hmm. in this beautiful multi-search catalog. Yeah. When the truth of the matter is, um, people aren't that patient um and and companies um aren't that giving right for Mm -hmm. millions and millions and millions of dollars to go make that happen and we don't have five years and 35 people and 20 million dollars to go make that work right so what we had to kind of do was shift a little bit from the if you build it they will come (laughs) philosophy to the as we build it won't you come (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah. um which has worked really well because it also plays into some of the things we've already talked about right they get Mm -hmm. their own brick they get to kind of put their name on the wall yeah Um, yeah. it's part of it you know that we had it's you know it's like a painting party for a house right Mm -hmm. everybody gets to everybody gets to work and and be a part but as we were building all of that um it really kind of allows us to, to kind of take a look and see um, and just make sure that everybody's involved. i not mm-hmm, sure I answered mm-hmm. your question.
0: No, you did. I mean, I, I think that, um you know, as uh, the fact that there was these people, um you know, especially with, uh, especially in the, con- in the, in the case of like limited budgets, when you've got these, you know, you don't have unlimited amounts of money when you've got to deal with that, you know, being able to take the business unit that is going to be the benefactor of it and have them sort of shoulder some of some of the uh, the effort involved in putting it together and they get their name on that brick, I think it spreads that out enough that you don't have to have the twenty three million dollar budget. You know um amongst all those those well and
1: and the best successes are those ones that converge right the Mm -hmm, ones that mm -hmm. are are built with that collaboration and that's the deepest level of investment that you're going to get so to go run off and be on an island right, mm-hmm. for, for a year and go do something and come back, yeah. the whole world may have changed by then. You're right, right. And so it's got to be in tandem with business events and with things that are happening and new product growths that are are going on. And if you make yourself part of that answer every time, mm-hmm. even just little parts, um, that's how you get that deep investment and that longevity and sustainability mm-hmm. uh, for the future and what's happening.
0: Perfect. Yeah. So, so here's a question that, uh, that, that, we've, we've milled around a lot inside of Intricity. Um, especially as we're walking into new companies all the time, um, you know, and, and we'll, we see tribalism a lot, right. Cause we're walking into new companies all the time and, and, um, and we're, you know, often being put in the place of having to build out, the sausage factory for turning data into information. Right. Um, and, and so, but the tribalism is, is a challenge because we're asking people to do something they don't do or or they don't, they don't do today. They have their own system of doing it. And, 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 and it can be, you know, people like building their personal spreadsheet a lot. Um, and it becomes like their baby. Um, you know, what are some of the things that, that you've, seen be successful in terms of getting people to give up the tribalism um and and become part of a a larger community
1: well the truth of the matter is is they do it that way because there hasn't been a solution before Mm -hmm. they've solved it themselves because we haven't been giving them a solution yeah yeah so if you approach it from a how do i close the gap Rather mm-hmm. than a, you're not allowed to do this, mm-hmm. uh, you get a lot more buy in and them understanding because they that it's that whole, you know, 80, 20. Do they really want to go out and claw and try <laughs> to find all of that data every yeah. day yeah.
2: right? And,
1: and, and then quickly throw together some sort of a visualization and, and turn it in because their mm-hmm. boss needs it by five o'clock?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or do they want us to provide them? Um, Mm -hmm. a way for them to choose the data that suits them best so that then they can spend time right doing that further curation and maybe, um, you know, having answering the next question instead of the baseline question and I Mm -hmm. think that In presenting to them, look, you're struggling trying to get one question answered. Right. If you work this, you can can get ahead of your boss. You can already have the answers to questions two, three, and four before they ever ask it. Right. If you look at it this way, but if you continue to solve things linearly, then... Mm -hmm that's the way that you're going to get rewarded. You're going to get one X reward.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
1: All things like this, you get more of a nonlinear kind of a return. And I think that that has gone a a long way um, in being able to help people understand and help people on board and said, okay, then I want to contribute the data Mm -hmm. that I have or the spreadsheet that I have. and I'm telling you, it never, it never hurts to not make people famous because making people famous is the good way to have
0: them. I, I agree. I agree 100%. I think, I think that that changes the equation a lot more than people think, um, especially if they see you doing it for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Because then they, they realize that it, it truly is. It, it's, not a, it's not a political game. You know, you're not playing company politics in some form or fashion. Cause that that happens too. You know, you get someone, oh, you know, someone's so, you know, they're 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 doing it for a specific reason. But if you're really truly doing it because it's part of the program and 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 there's sincerity behind it, uh, it wins. It wins every time if people people know that there's sincerity behind it.
1: Well, and, you know, I joke about the famous piece, but I really mean it. I, I, it's authentic. Mm-hmm. It's it's people should get credit for the good work that they do. And we've been about that. We're just this platform, this voice, beat, you know, this, mm-hmm. this uh, stage for them to get credit for what they do.
3: Yeah. yeah. Credit for asking the, the smart questions and solving the, the important problems. You see, I think one of the challenges is that many times we... So, if you walk into an organization today, large or small, you take certain things for granted. The fact that you have Wi-Fi in a, in the building, you take mm-hmm. for granted. The fact that you have lighting, you take for granted. Yeah, yeah. These are things that we've all come to expect as normal. Yeah. Why should that not apply for data? Why should data not be as available as 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 a light, as a network connection, mm-hmm. as a Wi-Fi signal? And ultimately the the challenge is that because data is locked into uh, discrete applications, best of breed applications, whether they be ERP or IOT or anything in between it, you don't have the ability to enable that innovation, those those things. And so you you end up spending a lot of the time massaging the data, preparing Mm -hmm. the data. The flip side of that is in building a net new information management uh, platform, you do have to get plumbing in place. You do have to get infrastructure in place. You do have to get storage in place. All of those things have to be in place. And now there's a huge opportunity to leverage that. We mm-hmm. built, you know, there are Lego blocks that are already in place. And so the manufacturing of those fact tables becomes so much easier because all the dimension tables are already already in place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so one of one of the questions I have um, Ron is is what are some of the mistakes that people often make when they're approaching the data governance and analytics practice? You know, what are some of the the, the ways that people can really botch it?
1: well I think we talked about one already which is not bringing people along for the journey mm-hmm. um, trying to make it compliance driven um, mm-hmm. and not about that governance and enablement driven um, and people clearly understanding the difference which I do I do still think is a is a challenge out there in the industry today is, is mm-hmm. understanding that approaching something from rules and policy and access is very different than talking about how we collaborate on data and and how we use and share and uh, get insights on data. Those are those are very different things. They they are interdependent and they both have to coexist and we can't be successful without both of them. But if you put the spotlight on Mm compliance, you're not going to get those kind of nonlinear returns. If you would put that the spotlight, you do your homework and get it right and get the compliance in there. But Mm -hmm. don't focus your end users, your business folk on the compliance piece, focus on the governance piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a big mistake, too, um, is as you're looking, you don't stifle the innovation and stifle Mm -hmm. the creativity with we have this path. It's very well paved. It goes mm-hmm. from a, and it makes a stop at B and it gets to C and then it goes on down the road. And so it you need about four hours and you'll get to B. And then in two hours later, you'll get to mm-hmm. C. that's it's, you've stifled all the creativity and the innovation and you're never going to leapfrog the business forward from an innovation standpoint. You've got to give them the uh, tools and free them up and trust. And I this is what's been so great uh, about Bell. One of our core core values mm-hmm. is to, to think and act differently, right? And mm-hmm. to find a better way. And we yeah. say that and it's plastered everywhere. And it it means something in the data and analytics space. Because it means I'm not going to give you that black wall with a thousand little pinpricks in it because yeah, then yeah. I've got a thousand pieces of this on the other side that I need to go figure out what to do. I'm going to give you that open field so that you can chart it and you can plan it and you can find it <laughs> and then. Then the governance comes in because now they've run, 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 and they've got a bunch of creativity and they've done a bunch of innovation and they've they've got a bunch of ideas and a bunch of possible use cases and extra data and maybe even two extra dimension tables and all of that. Well, guess what? Now we can put that through our process and start talking about people and how that gets fully matured and part of the system for everybody to take advantage of. But if you say everybody's got to take advantage of it, so it's got to follow these rules and it's got to do these things. <laughs> It's never going to happen. You're gonna stifle every bit of innovation and creativity you have. And I, I do think that's a big mistake a lot of
0: people make. Yeah. It's almost like you, you almost need like these pockets, sort of these pockets of of innovation that allow the autonomy, right? So you got throw these pockets and then and then and then comes the avenue. You know, you gotta you gotta build the avenue for them to be able to share their you know whatever it is the discovery or, or it's an analytics you know share it with the rest of the organization and it's that part where the rest of the organization gets involved that you know you have to sort of weave that tapestry together into conformity um so that everybody can leverage the um the inf- information um one, one of the things arcadia and i talk about a lot is like what's the right level of centralization you know is it is it just what we described you know Is it just a cultural function? You know, what, what would you say, like, what's, what are some of the ways that we can determine the right level of centralization is?
1: So I think you've got to have a good start. So we have what we call a hub and spoke model, Mm -hmm. um, at Bell, the hub, uh, my department's the hub. It Mm -hmm. is internal to the IT department, um, at this juncture. Mm -hmm. And, um, Lots of spokes out there from a data science perspective and even a more complex um, analytics or BI perspective, right? Lots of spokes that are out there. But if you have no hub, then everybody's just kind of operates at random and you Mm -hmm. get no benefit, you get no reuse, you get no scalability. Mm -hmm. But if you operate too centralized and don't allow for some of the hubs or put so many rules and and policies in place that they can't um, do their work and explore, Mm -hmm. uh, then people are going to drop off and go rogue and do it their own way. And then you've got tribalism again, because if you're not (laughs) going to allow them the freedom (laughs) to try and solve the problem, they will go and solve the problem. They're just going to go do it without you. So you have to kind of take that, pride of authorship and do away with it. It's a, it's a lot like parenting, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, do, do your kids, your kids say, I learned to walk. Your kids say, mm-hmm. mom taught me to walk. No, that's yeah. not what happened. But yeah. you were there the whole time. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, and then, and then it happened and and then it's done. Right. And, and all the credit is on is on the result and all the credit goes forward and that's the way it works. And so as long as you're taking that kind of an approach to centralization, Right. Um, you'll be successful. But if it's I'm going to stop something from happening, right, is the mm-hmm. wrong is the wrong way to, to look at it. It's how do I how do I go make this happen and happen safely? Right. How do, yeah. how can my toddler go walk and go walk safely and doesn't get hurt um, as opposed to it's never going to walk because she may fall.
2: That,
3: yeah, that's yeah.
1: not the way to look at it.
3: Jared and I have often talked about Bell and and the work that you've done in in sort of building out the team, building out the platform, and then giving that ability to have the rest of the organization leverage it. One of the challenges is there are many who are doing uh, supporting data initiatives, but doing it in ways that are different than the way Bell has done it. We look at uh, the work that was done at Bell and say, this is a reference. This is a reference of how good things should be built. We have in the in the movie business, there's the Academy Awards. In the music business, there is multiple awards that are given out. And it's easy to have you see a director who gets the Academy Award for directing a picture, and all of a sudden that director becomes the most, sought-after person that you want all the movies to be made by. And so the challenge a lot of times is how does someone watching this video know what good is and how to replicate good? Because I think people want to start with templates. They want to start with something that's a good reference. That is an example of how do you do that? How do you promote that within Bell? And Bell is a smaller piece of a larger organization who also probably wants The same um, things to be built, but they want to learn from your lessons and from the things that you've done. How do you promote that? How do you make that happen?
1: Um, So a lot of it is um, I'm I'm a talker and I'm a sharer. So I was kind of tailor made for this role because. I do want to share and I do want to give it away. Right. It's it's not a control uh, mechanism Mm -hmm. for me. It's uh, how can we help you so you don't have to make the same mistakes. Right. It's a very forward kind of mentality. And by understanding that everybody's got their own set of individual problems. So we had a great template to start with um, raw data in a data lake. Uh, replicated through beautiful pipelines that were managed and all the way to a fully curated enterprise data warehouse. Mm -hmm. Um, And that worked and it's good and it's still working. Um, It's very successful. We've added in a couple of extra offerings because we have some unique issues, which I think others will have too. And I guess that's the kind of the message I would say is there is a standard kind of five-step program to get the basics out there, but don't be afraid to to customize and know where your organization needs the most help the fastest and be able to do that. And and one of ours was a logic library, right? We added, so we're talking about structured data in a data lake. Um, But what we added is we added uh, queries and logic uh, Mm -hmm. in an area uh, to the data light because we had to be able to extract some of, well, all of <laughs> the logic mm-hmm. that are in um, legacy visualization programs that were in other um, older um, kind of applications that have now been replaced right with newer mm-hmm. technology. Uh, we had old archive data that needed uh thing, but all of those transformations that went along with it did not meet with our new vision. And mm-hmm. so what we had to go do was then kind of separate it and talk about, um, the transformations as well as the data and wouldn't it be great if those lived together because then we've got the one source of the truth until we can drag it all the way up the maturity curve, Mm -hmm. uh, get to that fully curated enterprise data warehouse. We can't stop building and wait. So how do we do that now? And by doing that now is for us to assume control of some of that logic and put it in a man, our managed environment and mm-hmm. let it grow with the data. And then we get to the end to dimensions and facts and that. Mm-hmm. And so by bringing it on, right? Bring me your tired, your poor, your... <laughs> Bring it on. Liberty
0: cometh. Yep.
1: Without it having to be clean or a certain state or a certain level of maturity say it's okay. We don't care what it looks like. We'll help you. It's now got a couple of different buckets to be able to come in and learn and grow. You get all the benefits of a managed environment and know where things are and can then claim that one source of the truth because then you've got the mechanics of the transformation, right? The algorithm, the mathematics, Mm -hmm. um, and be able to get to the end. I mean, to the end, from a maturity perspective, I still want it all yeah. that way, right? To the right of the maturity curve, but I mm-hmm. had to have a gradient maturity added to my template. So I think the, the the answer is don't be afraid to customize a little bit, to get more people on board, uh, to, to get more successes, to be able to get more people onto the platform and, and in and invested in the platform to, mm-hmm. to help you move ahead.
3: Yeah, I think the other thing that's really important is, you know you are on data shark, so you are a data shark. And <laughs> one of the things that happens as a result of that is there are other companies. obviously there are other peers within within Bell and, and, and sister companies within Bell that need to know that they can come to you, and I'm sure they do already. <laughs> they can come to you and you can provide the, the wisdom and the guidance so that they don't have to, as we teach our kids, you know, learn from somebody else's mistakes. And so it's nice that you've laid, laid the path and prepared it, but it's also true for other companies because uh, many of our customers and many of the folks that we we uh, meet along this journey come to us and say, well, how have others done it? How do I not make the same mistakes that somebody else has made? And so I think that's the other important thing about this data sharks venue is, is the fact that people need to understand uh, to be here, you have to you have to be a real data shark. So yeah, certainly, yeah. that's important. I it,
0: have the
1: stars to prove it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it,
0: it, it's one one thing that I've been thinking about as we've been talking is you know why is it that there are failures in terms of like, uh, if, for example, there are many companies, Rhonda that that go through this journey and it is just pain all the way through and there, and, and it's arguing and tribalism and, you know, um, and I, I, part of me wonders whether the it teams, uh, seem to be so systematized, you know, so like, it has to look like this, um, that, that
2: they,
0: that the business just sees them as too rigid. And and that and they, they cannot work with that, um, and it just it, it's just this is just free flow thinking at this point. Like I'm I'm just I'm wondering if that is the reason why so many fail at this. Um,
1: anyway. uh, and I think it's 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 a difference of pushing a solution on or at people. It, as opposed to grabbing locking arms and and attacking the solution together right it's, mm-hmm. i think it's an investment thing and so i do think there are failures when you, you say this is what we've decided and this is how you're going to behave well you,
2: you yeah yeah
1: get compli- you, 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 that never works doesn't even work with your kids <laughs> <laughs> so that never works <laughs> um, yeah. so i think it's more much more about we think this is a great solution. We think there are some real benefits for you. We'd like to share it with you and see what you think and like to see how you'd like to participate and grow with us and how much of this you want to make and be your own. And yeah. we've had lots of success.
0: That yeah. Way. And showing genuine interest in the stuff they've built, you know? Like, oh. so that, yeah. And that that's the
4: thing also is you got to understand there's a lot of different ways to use data and different groups inside your organization need to that need to be able to use that data a different way and and we we've talked about a number of these things um you know if we got data science right they they probably don't even want to go after the star schema uh you know the the fully matured model right they want they need data um the way they need data and and being able to to have a a a fully matured solution where we've got data available in so many different ways and different formats and at mm-hmm. different maturity levels so that and we encourage from a cultural perspective like arkady talks about we encourage the use of that data um and and then sharing what we what we build we talked about this with ben Stansel, right sharing sharing what we built so that other people can can stand on the shoulders of of the giants and and then build more you know it's it's very very important and it's the interesting thing is and we see this all the time it's it's a technology a problem it's a cultural problem it's a personality problem it's a communication problem it's all of these things put together that uh that you know rhonda has got it figured out other people you know yeah. We we gotta help them figure this out so that they can have you know find the joy, right? And in these solutions.
0: And the reason and I bring I it up. That's
3: really the sorry Jerry. Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Well, I, I just I, I, I brought it up because of uh Kent Graziano's conversation when we had that conversation with him about data mesh. And and Rhonda, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but data mesh is kind of the, the concept where you sort of give the responsibility of all of it to uh you sort of disperse all of the responsibility out um, and the 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 main rule being that the people that you know generate the data at departmental levels or whatever level it's at um, those people have to treat their uh, the development of their data as a product they, and that's their term the data as a product concept where everything that comes out has to come out as a product to the rest of the organization so and, and I love the, the concept of it, but with Kent and when we were talking, um, the thing that kept that kept sort of itching in the back of my head is that, uh, like, not every organization has people that are just so willing to play ball like that, um, you know, and they see data as an extra job that they're doing. Um, well- and Yeah. Yeah. I Uh, want to hear your your feedback on that. You've
1: given me a lot to to chew on there. Um, Yes, I think that it can work, especially in highly. decentralized organizations. That's really the only way that something like this would be successful. We're very blessed because we've Mm -hmm. got great collaboration um, amongst the different functions. Um, And IT is very integrated in all of the functions. So we have a a, a very good relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Amongst uh, all of the departments. But We've set up the right kind of bumper rails, right? And so you can't fall off in the ditch. <laughs> that yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We put enough goodness and laid enough good road in place that mm-hmm. there's lots, um, there's lots of ways to succeed, and really only one way to fail. And so by doing that, by giving them the adaptability to go out there and pick data, as Rich said, right? And and, and use it without um, mm-hmm. bias, right? From yeah, company. Yeah. and the ability to even some of our best data modelers are mm-hmm. the actual data scientists themselves without even knowing it. And so what we do is we take their notes. After they're done with something, right, right, (laughs) and 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 look through, and the way that they've put the things together, then we then go add um, in our enterprise, you know, data model. The -hmm. way that that's worked, and we've been able to make our dimensions much more robust because of some of the needs and the necessity that was generated out of what they were doing with a use case so because we don't have the luxury of having five data modelers on staff we've been able to leverage that work on the back end as a byproduct of Mm -hmm. some of the use cases of the data scientists and it's it's been phenomenal and I bet Um,
0: they totally geek out when they see it right like when they see it actually in the model, it's like oh my gosh yes well (laughs) and
1: you know what I, I can't say it enough and there's another one of I did that that one's mine yeah. right yeah yeah I got to help good with point. that good um point. and so it it has been um a a really um good journey so I would say put those things in place give as much freedom um and and you know don't put any governors on how fast they can run and, and what they can do and then Help them get that curated, get that turned into mm-hmm. a dimension table, get that productionized. If it wants to stay in your same little department sandbox, that's fine. But if somebody, you know, that's that's working on it in finance and then somebody outside of finance wants to use that will help you get that promoted, put into the ODS or EDW mm-hmm. proper and give everybody, um, you know, the 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 enablement to go use it and Mm -hmm. we'll help you with that. And being able to kind of play both sides of that coin, um, Mm -hmm. I think has been phenomenally successful for us.
0: Yeah. uh, That gives me, I think that's a good product idea, by the way, Rhonda, I think uh, (laughs) these data modeling companies, they need to have like, I don't know, like uh, name tags or something for, for ideas that were offered in the model, you know, uh, yeah. just so that people could claim <laughs> claim a portion you know what that got me also thinking yes. about yeah name tags it got me thinking a little bit about a quote from uh well it wasn't a quote it's really more a policy at um at SpaceX um they have this policy where um every design every design decision um how do they say this every design design decision is uh is labeled with the uh, with the person that came up with the idea and every layer that came up from that idea, um, you know, uh, gets sort of people's names tagged to it. Now that, that can sound intimidating in a case of ra- launching rockets, you know, cause if something goes wrong, you go down the list, but, <laughs> but at, the, but at the same time, it's, it's actually a, a brilliant idea because it also allows you to treat the, the body of knowledge uh to to go through an access point you know like be able to uh, to identify you know what what's the what's the basis of this decision and and you know how do i flush out the the business reason behind it
3: dear if you look at any source control system like github for example you you are you're contributing your code and actually that code gets merged and gets promoted but your name is there with every single That's attribution contribution and that
1: is one of the metadata tags that we have, uh, That's in the awesome. catalog that we're working through is to make sure that we give credit where credit's due. Um,
0: oh, we, I think we've, I think the feed has paused.
2: Um,
1: I don't know that I'll call it. I, I think that that would, you know, be, be a neat thing. So,
0: yeah. Well, Rhonda, it has been awesome, awesome, awesome to have you on with us. Uh, super, super excited that we uh, we were able to, to fit into your schedule and, um, and you know looking forward to hearing about more uh, great adventures at Bell. Um, so we, we hope uh, at a future point we can have you back on.
1: When you guys want to talk data science um, and Let's building an adaptive innovative team, you call me back because I've got you, lots you of great stories about that.
0: All right. We will schedule it. Awesome, Rhonda. Thank Thank you so much. Have a good weekend and we'll catch you all later. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for catching Intricity 101. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And if you've got some stars to give, give us a solid five and we'll catch you on the next podcast.